I've kind of been off the grid for a while. So I don't uh, remember every conversation I've had. So remind me how this got started uh, and what the heck we were going to talk about if we had anything set up. Love what you're doing. I think I just came across you. Um, I think I found you probably on Instagram, maybe, um, which it looks okay. like that's where a lot of your following is. And so, right, just pretty cool that you guys are traveling around in the RV and um, just the passion for fatherhood, dads in general um, resonates with me. I work with a ministry uh, called Practice Ministries and essentially to 25 year old ministry and it helps families around the world put God's word into practice through father child Bible studies, essentially. And so we have about 18 different translations and we're got a pretty big presence in South Africa um, and really all over the parts of other countries as well. And so as I've kind of, I've been at the ministry a little over a year. um, And so, you know, just love to, plug along or get to know other dads that want or passionate about calling us um, messed up, broken dads to what we're supposed to be doing. And so when I stumbled across what you, you guys were doing with your family and your, um, your wife, I loved it. Love that y'all are traveling around um, and just kind of wanted to get to know you a little bit more. And um, there's a way I could help you or, or, or whatnot would, would love to, to do that. But it seems as if you're just kind of interviewing a lot of dads, right. And, um, traveling. That, that's a lot. the podcast. Yeah. The, the podcast yeah. segment is just, is, is simply that interviews with dads. Yeah. Um, we, we get a little topical or, or we start to get a little more topical on them. Um, just so the conversation has a little bit better flow, uh, yeah. or, or it's more entertaining to the listener. Uh, sure. you, you were right. We're, we're biggest on, uh, Instagram, you know, all, all our content's meme based. Um, so that's, that's our best format. Sure. Um, vi- video, um, I've attempted a couple times. It gets good. Re- it gets good, uh, reception, but th- the life we're living is just, uh, uh, it's the opposite of what I knew before. So there's zero structure, uh, zero discipline, zero connectivity sometimes. Um, yeah. You know, we're in different time zones. You know, sometimes yeah. we have cell signals, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have internet, sometimes we don't. Yeah. Uh, you know, some sometimes I can record, and and sometimes I can't. I said, and you know, my whole career I've been used to being able to go to an office and uh, you know, doing whatever I want and being you know alone if I need to be alone. And uh, you know, now my office is this 420 Children. square feet that we yeah. live in, and yeah. it's just loud For all sure. the time. And yes. Uh, you know, you can't always go outside and record because, you know, um, like I don't know if I'm picking up the wind right now. Um, I might have to go inside, okay. but okay. sometimes it's windy. And, you know, when you're dealing with audio and stuff that, uh, like it's tricky. <laughs> so, and then yeah, just the time no, to edit. And also, so, so video has been, um, we haven't put that much, we just haven't been able to dedicate that much time to it. Because uh, I think that would do well on a YouTube format, but I just, yeah. I, I'm slacking and, you're not calling me out on it, but I'm calling myself out on it. It's it's, no, it's no, our no, no, area no. of weakness well, for sure. It seems like I don't, uh, I'm trying to remember. I, I mean, I've looked at some of your stuff, but not like heavily intensely. Um, are you a believer? Like what's kind of your faith journey backstory? Obviously you have a pretty big passion for fatherhood in general, but I'd love to know a little bit more about just that in general. Uh, I mean, what sure. dude was packed her whole family up in a 4,000, square foot place and says like, Hey, I'm going to tell people they oh. need to be a good father. Like, 
By the way, if this was 4,000 square feet, I, I would be I'm sorry, four, 400, 400, <laughs> 400, yeah. Uh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll forget a few of those, just remind me. Uh, so, yeah, so I grew up, uh, what were we? I think we were Presbyterian growing up. Um, around third grade, uh, my dad converted, my father converted to Catholicism and I went to a Catholic school. So naturally I just followed the footsteps there and went Catholic, um, you know, in a family that my, my mom was probably the most faith-based, uh, you know, my, my father kind of believed that there was a higher power somewhere, some sort of alien out there. Um, I'm not sure why he went Catholic. I, I, I have zero clue because I don't think he really follows uh, Catholicism at all. Uh, but that's kind of the, the route I've, I've stuck to. Uh, my wife was Catholic. She went to Catholic schools. Um, ironically, her parents are uh, not uh, not religious in that way. They are spiritual, but not religious. Uh, and so we we kind of uh, we got married in the Catholic Church, went to the Catholic Church. And uh, we're from St. Augustine, Florida. And the Catholic Church in Florida is very... Uh, very well seasoned uh so so you go there and there's quite an age gap between us as a young 20 year old married couple and uh, everyone else that attended there and and so we started seeking out a new church um and i think we started we visited just about every church in town uh i think we did two weeks at each church in in town took about a year uh and we found a we we found uh the episcopal church to be the most appealing to us and that's where we still felt the presence of god uh, uh, they had a much younger uh, community there. People actually, you know, recognized that we had shown up there and that we were new and uh, they had a lot of young families and it, it had that community. I think we were looking for um, probably a similar community to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Southeast or not, um, but what like the Baptist churches has, the Baptist churches are great for families, great for, especially their youth programs are just, they're, they're typically phenomenal. Um and I don't know if that's a Southeast thing or, or countrywide, but sure. uh, like even our kids, you know, we, we've been in the Episcopal church ever since, uh, you know, our kids have all been baptized Episcopalian. Um, it's a uh, English Catholic instead of a Roman Catholic. So our baptisms, you know, we didn't have to get rebaptized or anything. Uh, and so we've been going there and, our, but our kids, so we, we take them to the, uh, you know, the Wednesday Baptist churches for their youth groups. And, uh, mm-hmm. So that's kind of been our, uh, our, I guess, experience with with religion um i will yeah. say lately uh around the time of the third kid we we probably stepped back more from the where we were where we were like most catholic were like you do you you follow the rules you go to church every sure. sunday um right. and and we actually made a pretty i know it, my wife kind of led it um she introduced it and i you know i backed her 100 percent um because it made sense our sundays were getting so frustrating um and they were causing uh causing, you know, kind of fights and are just getting out the door on time to get the masks, yeah. uh, you know, and making sure everyone was closed or a couple of times we showed up and one kid doesn't have shoes or this or that. And, um, you know, we, 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 we kind of stepped back and realized there's a lot more fighting here on a Sunday, you know, on the day that's supposed to be towards the family and, uh, and towards reflecting to God, there, there is, there's a lot of friction happening. And so we actually started stepping back a little bit um, and not attending service as often, still very spiritual. We, you know, we pray daily, uh, we do Bible studies, uh, you know, we, 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 you know, God's just a presence in the house. We talk about, uh, we talk about him a lot. Um, 
but we didn't necessarily attend on Sundays and Sundays kind of became our family day. And so, you know, it was, we didn't have to wake up early. We kind of woke up when we woke up and we, you know, always ate breakfast together and we'd go out and into nature more. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we started to drift before we left. Um, which was a, a big change for us because we were always every Sunday you go. Um, sure. Yeah. Uh, so no lost faith, just maybe um, right. we redirected how we praise. Maybe it's the. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. your wife, home, you have three kiddos, if I think I saw, and your wife homeschools them, correct? Yes. Um, which is awesome. My wife, I got four kids, and so my wife homeschools uh, two of them. Okay. Um, what so, part of the country uh, are you in? So Texas. So okay. we're like 30 minutes outside of Dallas. Uh, north, south, east, or west? South. So we're in Midlothian. Okay. We were down in uh, Lake Whitney back in November. Really? Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so what... One of the other questions I think is like, what has spurred you on to give you the passion to do this fatherhood dad thing? Right. <laughs> I mean, this isn't That's, a small endeavor. It's not like you're kind of doing this. I mean, this is a big order. I mean, you're wearing a hat that says hundred percent dad on it. Yes. Right. And I think we need more of a hundred percent and not 10% or 5% um, or none. That, that probably gets pretty deep rooted if we were really dig into it. Uh, it, it probably contributes to my upbringing and my father's upbringing and that kind of stuff. Uh, cause okay. me and my dad, we don't, we don't have the best relationship. Um, okay. uh, you know, it, it's something I think has been ingrained in me from a young age where, uh, you know, uh, my parents were divorced. I think my dad left like three weeks after I was born, uh, mm-hmm. or, or something like that. So I, so I grew up in a world where mom and dad were not there together. So it's all I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and I, I always kind of, um, I always kind of drifted and, and navigated towards friends that had a mom and a dad there. Like, I just sure. liked that, that, that classic family, uh, environment. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I took on a lot of like artificial mom and dads, uh, you know, just from mm-hmm. friends and it was something I, I, I don't know. I was just naturally drawn to it. Um, and you know, I, I knew from a young age, I wanted a family, wanted kids. And, um, you know, I, I knew from a young age, I didn't want to be divorced. Um, cause mm-hmm. you know, there were, there were lots of nasty, nasty custody battles, um, mm. in our house. And I just, I just think I wanted a, a, a more peaceful, happier life for, for everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, mm-hmm. So that was probably the root of, of everything. I mean, we could certainly get in a lot deeper, but no, uh, no, no. I think that's a, that. Yeah, maybe if your RV trailer was parked in front, I'd come out there and sit down and we could have some more conversations, but it's not, unfortunately. But yeah, I mean, I love that. I mean, right, that's given you the heart and the passion to do what you're doing. And it sounds like God's provided you the resources to do that. I think I briefly read, I mean, y'all were pretty much living paycheck and saving a ton of money. And then now you're basically sold I guess a company, you had a family company or some kind of a company you're able to cash out and retire in a sense, in some sense. Yeah. To then do this. So, so we've always been pretty decent with finances. We, we've had our broke uh, periods. Um, but when we got married, we were teenagers in college. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we were sure our parents were not thrilled with the fact that their teenagers were going to get married. So sure. uh, 
they we were very certain we were going to get cut off and we were going to have to pay for college on our own. So we started kind of, you know, we both worked and we started, you know, shoving cash away because we needed to be prepared to foot our own college bills and live on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, we both started doing that. And, you know, parents came on board and we didn't have to pay for the wedding or anything like that. Um, yeah. You know, Ryan, my wife still had her bright future scholarship in Florida um, and we ended up staying in Florida. And I actually ended up dropping out of school because um, uh, her family had a crime ring in their business and they kind of had a clear house. And I was like, my wife was a year behind me anyway. So I was like, well, I just worked for a year while we get this mess wow. cleared up. Ryan will catch up to me in school and then we'll go off and do our mm-hmm. thing. And, yeah. um, you know, I kind of fell in love with small business and um, uh, I really I just never went back. <laughs> I did a couple courses at the community college, but yeah. Uh, it just wasn't for me. I, I, I found my love in business. Um, you know, but we had saved all that cash and we didn't need it. Um, and Oh, eight happened. Uh, so I think we were sitting on like, gosh, when we got married, we were probably sitting on like $20,000 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then when we went to live on our own, we just got the cheapest, crappiest apartment yeah. in town. I think it was like 550 bucks a month or 600 bucks a month. And, think there's two outlets we had like we had to make toast in the bathroom and it was a whole it was a whole it was a great little experience but I was making about 30,000 a year at that point my wife was making I think 20,000 a year so we were living off of her 20 um, as a golf cart attendant and we were saving my 30 Uh, and so I think about a year later we had about 50,000 saved Um, uh, 08 happened everything crashed um you know, we, we ended up buying a house, uh, the house we still own today. Uh, cool. And so that was a solid, you know, it was a, it was a down market. Um, it kept going down, but it was it was a, a good buy and, and helped us a lot. Uh, locked in our cost of living pretty low. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we just kind of always became savers. And the goal was to pay that house off in 10 years. We had a 30-year mortgage. Um, and we just kept chunking. Anytime we had extra cash, we would chunk away at it. Um, okay. you know, I think, I think the house was 180, so we put 20% down. So it was 36,000. Uh, and then we were able to furnish it with some cash and um, we'd have to pay PMI. And, um, okay. you know, we just lived, we kept living like we were broke, um, but we had a switch yeah. and I, we started living off of my 30 and we were saving her 20 still. Um, and anytime we had, you know, more than six months emergency fund, we would just throw that at the, at the house and kind of kept living that way. Had a kid, uh, started a business. So we stopped paying against the house the business is what really made us broke. Um, so we went, I thought it was going to take like six months. And, um, I think we had about, I think we had about 30,000 saved up to start the business. And, uh, it took every penny of that. Which business? Um, and, and, and more that was, so that was, uh, a coffee distribution company that so we did office okay. coffee services. And I bought these machines, uh, craft craft, uh, food corporation had just come out with these new machines called Tassimo. And they were like a single serve kind of Keurig like product. Uh, and I bought 24 of those machines for like uh, 1200 bucks a pop, something like that. And uh, I just had a whole stack of them in my garage. I was driving a 96 four runner with 300,000 miles. And uh, wow. yeah, it, it felt a lot like the pursuit of happiness when he has all those uh, magnetic scanners, yeah. like just built up, yeah. like this is our thing. And that's what we're going to do well with. And um uh, you know, fast forward 10 years when we, when we sold, I still had a bunch of those machines new in box, uh, up high on a pallet rack is, um, you know, for what I thought that business was going to be, I, I was just wrong in almost yeah. every way and, and how long it would take to be profitable and, 
uh, even what type okay. of machine. I mean, it, it ended up evolving to something totally different, which was a good thing, but just, yeah. you don't know, you don't know until you do it. Um, For sure. Yeah. So that took about that took about three years of being broke um, and and getting really, uh, you know, I I've always been a budgeter, pretty hardcore, um, and I just ignored it. There was about a year and a half there. I just didn't even look at numbers because it didn't make sense. We shouldn't be able to eat and survive. Um, you know, when we were preparing for this trip, I pulled out some of our tax records and like they're just they're stupid numbers. Like I think annual income of like eleven thousand dollars or you know i think the next year was maybe like eighteen thousand something like that and it's just like there's no way we should have survived like it doesn't even make sense um and i you know i, I remember at one of the bottoms of that um uh we had never shrimped before but we went shrimping uh, so somebody invited us out to a dock um and we just caught like cooler loads full of shrimp and we ended up eating shrimp for a long time and we were even <laughs> trading it like we traded with my neighbor i think the the car broke something something in the car broke i can't remember what but we ended up giving him like shrimp. 10 or yeah 10 or 15 bags of shrimp to repair the vehicle um it's so it's just you, you look back on those things and in the moment it doesn't seem like it but you kind of look back and and sit there and say there was definitely a hand of god there oh um, for sure yeah but anyway so that business ended up you know becoming profitable and doing well um uh, the second kid was born. We started the another coffee company. Business. That, the coffee business was doing well. Okay. That was the core okay. company. Okay. And then uh, when the second kid was born, we started another business uh, that was on the contracting side, so the paper side of that business. So we would just do bigger accounts. Um, we would okay. feed the local stuff to ourselves, and we would hire out other vendors to service those other locations. Um, and we and we worked vending into that as well. And then uh, by the time our third kid was born. Uh, we started a third company and that was doing the vending machines and micromarkets. And that was in 2016. Um, and by then I knew what I was doing and I bought that right. I was, you know, we had um, contracts already in existence. Uh, so from day one, that one was profitable and set up perfectly. Um, yeah. uh, and then we ended up, yeah, selling all those in 2019 as a package. Um, and that set us up. Uh, very well to do all this. Uh, we we had already paid off. I think in 2016 we paid off our house. Um, I think that was about the time I was 30. Uh, and so when we sold, we had already been completely debt free, and and you know awesome. we're able to basically just live off interest at this point and um, pay everything in cash. And uh, you know to continue this this well, thing has definitely sucked up well, a lot of our resources, but we can do it without yeah, like I mean, clawing for money. Uh, you know. Yeah, continuing to put the information out for free and and you know get exposure without a without having an actual income to support it. You know, we'd like that one day to you know stop hemorrhaging, but yeah, yeah. eventually we'll get there. What do you hope to see, hundred percent dad in five ten years? Like, what's kind of the goal as you kind of travel around? Oh, uh, clearly much bigger. I I will I I very certain we'll be off the road by then. Is the wind picking up my mic at all? No, you're. I'll let you know if it's annoying or if I. Okay. I haven't heard any wind, to be honest. Uh, you know, at that point, uh, live events for sure. Uh, we want to be doing a lot more live events. Um, you know, having father gatherings, having a father son um, events, father daughter events. Um, you know, mom dad events. Uh, you know, whether they're you know one day. Uh, what do you call it? one day workshops or like 
a four day weekend getaway or week long, uh, you know, out in the woods or whatever it is. Um, I think those would be a lot of fun where we could, we could, uh, really dive deep into some topics and, um, and, and get improvement and get real tactical on, uh, you know, so things. I love that. Um, a couple of things I'm thinking about, uh, when you talk about kind of the deep dive or the, the camp out or whatever, are you, setting this up from like a, Hey, we're going to dive into like what God's word says, or is this just kind of like, it can be God's word, like all kinds of things is what's kind of the central focus. Is it like encouraging and equipping dads with, so, obviously there's so lots you, of tools in the tool belt. Yeah. If you've really followed this, um, followed the content we put out, you can tell it's biblically based. Um, yeah. And if you're, and if you really follow it, you can say, I almost never say that. Um, uh, because my theory on my whole theory on that has been, I don't want to just go after, you know, from a business standpoint, market to Christian yeah. fathers. Right. Um, I want right. to market to all fathers. And if by chance we can um, convert some non uh, believers to believers. Awesome. That is a great goal to have right. in life. Um, but, you know, I, I think my, my calling seems to be, uh, um, recognizing good dads and and getting dads that are struggling to improve and uh, just kind of cleaning up the entire dad space. And I, I don't want that to be contingent on uh, whether you believe or not. I don't, I don't want to turn somebody off that maybe had a bad experience in a sure. church somewhere. Sure. Um, sure. Um, sure. Because, you know, we are Christian based. So, so I, I don't push it. I think one day um, in the future, maybe that 10 year mark, we, we might push it harder. Um, if we have that kind of, uh, that kind of foundation, but you know, uh -huh. I, I don't want to be abrasive to somebody that may have had a past, um, sure, you know, sure. negative experience. And, and those people exist out there because that's, you know, churches are filled with people. <laughs> so there's, there's, uh, people, even myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So, I love so we're rooted. Love and, and, and as we begin live events, we'll, the most logical um, course is to go through churches and start having, you know, smaller groups within churches because logistically churches have the audio video setups. They have a, you know, a little mini marketing machine there that they can put out to their congregation, their neighborhoods and, and say, Hey, on Saturday, we're having this. Um, and so that would be the logical place to start as opposed to, you know, renting out a random facility and then us trying to find people to go to it and then setting up audio and video on our own while living in a RV. Um, but that would be the most logical place to start. So that we probably will do. Okay. I just kind of threw up a little bit in the private chat. Um, a couple things. So, and I don't, there's a, re there's a reason Townsend that we got connected. Obviously you were gracious enough to say, Hey, come hop on record. However you use this, whatever that looks like. Um, I just wanted to get to know you because I think the more that I understand hundred percent dad and kind of what you were doing, I believe at some point, whether that's at a live event, a camp, a session, your own family, maybe we should just start there, that you guys can benefit from our curriculum. So again, our curriculum's free. Uh, I literally was just doing it with my son. He's got his little Bible study tonight. And literally, it is booklets, okay? This is one of them. So this is Practice Ministries. This is the leader book, Ten Commandments, one leader book, okay? So there's a literally a leader book for a dad to take this and lead a group, their dad and their son or daughters 
through God's word. Then there's a workbook that they literally fill out with their son or daughter, the answers. Okay, so this one was um, the prodigal son. So what are examples of how the younger son behaved irresponsibly? We look at verse 12. So basically this, what I tell dads is this is a turnkey solution to teach your kids God's word. Super easy, super practical, and super free. <laughs> and so I, I love it. I did it with my dad 25 years ago, 24 years ago, when my parents separated when I was seven. And so the Lord called me back to work at this ministry with a guy that has been one guy that's running it, and it's all over the world. And so it's super easy. You can look at our website. You can download the curriculum, and you can go through a lesson series um, with your family if you want. But I believe in some form or fashion you guys could use it. So no, That um, sounds cool. The, so when you say ministry, um, is it part of a church, or is it yeah. like a nonprofit? Nonprofit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's, um, so, and so I guess, what is your, what is your, you, you say your biggest in South Africa. So that makes it seem like you're maybe not through the churches as much as you are. Um, so mission work. Yeah. We have like other pastors that kind of partner with us that are pastors and they do other things there. Of course, practice ministries isn't the only thing that they do, but you know, they might be a pastor leading a congregation. They're going to remote or rural areas and encouraging essentially somewhat of I feel like what you're doing and what we're all supposed to do is just encouraging fathers to lead their families, right? Like, Hey dads, you have a role in the family and it's important and it matters. And we are subject to passivity just because of the fall. And so how do we do that? Because something that is near and dear to, to my own heart is right. We see everywhere in organizations and world that they have mission statements and so at the board table if someone brings an idea um if that idea falls in line with the mission of what that organization should be doing then great let's do it if not it, it makes clear sense that we should probably not pursue that thing and so when it comes home from working 40 plus hours a week He's missionless in the home. He doesn't know where to take his family. I believe that's one of the biggest problems that we as men have. And so in 2018, I created a mission statement for my family. And so as a father of four, I can tell you that that mission statement has helped keep me focused on the road that we need to be going after and traveling on with my own family and allowing kids to do that and taking my wife along with me. And so having that mission statement has been just very pivotal for, for us. And so is that, getting is that a statement, is that a statement you want to share? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I, I'd love to, I'd love to share it. So I have it over here actually on the wall because like anywhere we want to put it on the walls so we know exactly what it is. So one of it hangs at the kitchen table and one of it's over here. So it says our family is anchored and driven by our father's unconditional love and grace. We desire to rebuild a multi-generational family on mission to love our neighbor as we love ourselves ultimately so others see and experience Christ through us. So if you look at the Bible, it's very clear that God builds generationally. And so we obviously live in the West, and so everything's very individualized. And so the nuclear family, as you know, is a complete war. It's a complete odds against everything. We go do this. We go do this. Like we are meant to build 
for the generations. And so what does my family look like a hundred years from now is a question we should be asking. You know, and I, I, so I first heard that term nuclear family, um, from another guy in Texas, um, I forget his name, Trey, Trey something, Trey and Leah, they do a stronger marriages workshop out there in Texas. Um, and, uh, I just don't quite understand. So it just seems like such a negative connotation to it. The nuclear family, I've been trying to figure out what exactly they, uh, they mean by that. Um, cause you know, nuclear just to me just has that, uh, uh, you know, nuclear reactor, yeah. nuclear bomb, right. just that, right. that yeah. negative connotation yeah. to it. I have heard one theory of someone saying it's because when they're doing nuclear testing, uh, they would set up a family with like mom, dad, uh, Bobby and Sally, you know, that perfect, you know, vision of a family, you know, mom, dad, boy, girl. Uh, and that was, you know, the nuclear family. I guess that's where that came from. But I, I didn't know if you had heard why that term, why, why it's not traditional or traditional family or normal or, or something different. So, Nuclear family just being the nucleus of the family. So I, I put an article in here. It's a really long article about the, the titles of the nuclear family was a mistake. It's a, quite a fascinating uh, read. But Really? Yeah. Um, it's, by, it's in the Atlantic. Um, and so uh, I'll get to some of my other points that I mentioned in the chat here in just a second. But Sorry, I sure. guess to somehow so to somewhat answer your question, just like the when I think about my own nuclear family, I think about my wife and my kids, like that being the nucleus, the nuclear family. But you also have okay. like my grandparents or my mom and my grand, like all of that kind of being the nuclear family. But really, through my own testimony, the nuclear family has been broken up because of choice my parents made when I was seven to divorce, and so that caused a ripple effect through the generations that's like shattered and broken siblings. My, I'm the youngest of four. And so seeing they're kind of just like, it, everyone's just kind of all over the place. And so just kind of like, almost like that analogy of just like, that's going to be blown up. And yeah. so how do I, I, I believe the Lord has tasked me to kind of rebuild that and, and to build generationally. And so there's a whole story behind that and that generational, the Lord's used that in a lot of crazy ways in my own family the long story short of that, because you have to know because you're in our view now as my in-laws, my wife and I married when we were in 2010. We met at Dallas Baptist University. I uh, actually dated her roommate. Funny God story there. But um, they, the Lord told my father-in-law about three years ago that they need to move down here to be closer to the grandkids. And so, of course, when the Lord says go, they listened and they sold everything. Uh, where they lived in Springdale, Arkansas, and moved down here, not knowing what they were going to do. So they started, they got into real estate, and they live in an RV. They've lived in an RV for two years now, um, about 15 minutes from us. So I know, our, I've been in an RV, I've slept in their RV, I know the space situation you're working with, and God bless your soul, I'm going to be praying for you. But like <laughs> that right there, Townsend, that's what we don't, that just analogy of like, hey, go just, throw your kids into an RV with your wife and like figure out how to deal with some of the collisions you're going to experience. And I guess to kind of come full circles, we, as fathers, it's hard for us to know how to handle that because most of the time, generally we're out doing all these other grando things that we think are great when really the home is it, the what's at odds and what's at suffering. And so it's hard to kind of butt up against some of those collisions. 
because I put a guy's name in there. I think you need to get an interview with his name is Jeremy Pryor. He's someone who I, who I've followed very closely and we're involved with their family teams deal. And it talks about rebuilding a multi-generational family. Great. Another great resource, a great speaker to have one day for you. But he says that right in the West and even myself included at times, see, we see kids as an asset to the family. Are we see oh, yeah. kids are an asset to the family, not a liability. Too often we see them as a liability, right? So I just that has always resonated with me. Uh, elaborate on that first, because I want to. I just I just want to see what you mean on that. No, no, um, so, so when so, when so, so again, define li define liability. Right. Yeah. So well. So like a problem. Like they're going to get in the way. They're going to cause issues like we we'll just get them out of the way let them go do their own thing i i've got this under control let's just use a basic example a new okay. toy comes in we, we go get a bicycle and i gotta build it. and all my kids want to get in and help me build no 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 get out i've got this guys stop you're gonna mess it up okay like quit what are you doing with the wrench it's in the mud wrenches don't <laughs> go in the mud what are you doing nixon you know what i mean and so like yep. rather than, than to change that mindset and be like hey like you're really an asset to helping me build this bike like yeah. grab the wrench. Let me, let me train you, train up a child in the way that he should go. So when he's old, he does not depart from it. Right. That is sure. the training that the scripture is talking about that Good. for most fathers, including myself is a hard, it's hard to do. I have to shift my whole Western culture mindset to think like, I need to include my kids in this. Like they're uh, need to be a part of this. Like we're a team. Yep. hundred percent agree. And that's, I, so, you know, uh, it, you know, part of that comes down to where your priorities lay. Uh, but so that's a big thing with me. Um, cause I'm, I'm genuinely at my heart and soul, a workaholic. Um, I enjoy work and, yeah. um, from a very real practical standpoint, um, having a family holds me back, having kids has held me back at, from yeah. not, not from life, but from right. a, um, a business standpoint, from a success standpoint, uh, maybe success is about what a lot of people think success is. Um, sure. I could have grown much bigger businesses. I could be doing something to making a whole right. lot more money right now. But right. the, you know, as a father, you need to make, you need to make sacrifices, and especially when it comes to your time and your priorities. And, sure. uh, you know, we, we built our life to be where, where family is more important than the business. The business is obviously important. If the business needed me, right. the business got sure. me. Um, there are right. plenty of times where wife and kids came down to the warehouse and, you know, that's where we had dinner. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, vice versa, there were plenty of times where I, I was having breakfast, lunch, and dinner with the family, uh, you know, because sure. as a small business owner, you can do that. And then going back to the office. Um, yeah. Uh, but so I, I can see that for a lot of guys who are like, man, you have this, you kind of have this rocket on your back and, and you know where you want to point it and where you want to go. And, uh, you, and just you know see success. You, Mm -hmm. it's and, easy and, but to if see you, success you don't see success you in the home building a bike but if you light it you, if you light it you leave behind uh, yeah. you leave behind everyone else because you know you, there, there's a real there's a real selfishness that comes with it that, that's needed yeah. uh, to be able to focus mm -hmm. that intensely on something and so I, I get that aspect of liability because it kind of there's real truth to it um, mm -hmm. And you know, I, I get what you're saying, by I, I, you know, I 100% agree with what you say. You know, um, where your priorities lay and 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 how you look at things really matters. And that, that was a great example with the bike of, you know, included everyone. Like we don't need to be frustrated about this. We'll just 
you know, every mess can be cleaned up. Every broken thing can usually be fixed. And, right. um, you know, those are just learning experiences. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's interesting. I've, 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 I've never heard anybody phrase it. I've never heard anybody phrase it of asset and liability at, you know, the kids before. Well, I'm, I'm not the one phrasing that. That's a Jeremy Pryor, just so we're clear. So that's I had him on the, which, uh, tell me a little bit about him so I can remember him? which one. It's very possible. Did Jeremy you find Pryor. one on the podcast? No, 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 no. I'm saying, okay. I don't, from what I've seen, I don't think you've interviewed him, but he's someone that I would highly suggest getting in contact and seeing if he would do an interview with you in some sense. The, the name somehow sounds familiar. And well, I, if you so look I, I at it, if you, yeah, he's, I thought you had said I, uh, we did a podcast with him. No, 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 no. I was just saying you need to, I should, I would encourage you to do one with him. He's great. Um, so mentioned the family teams thing, Jeremy Pryor. So in, on kind of top of this, including the family, uh, years ago, the Lord gave me, I'm not, I'm, I'm not necessarily one of those that starts a business like yourself, right? It's just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go be entrepreneur business minded. But you know, a couple years ago, the Lord, my wife, as I mentioned, she does homeschool. And so there were, the kids were going over catechisms and, um, of the Mizu, which is like what the Jewish put like on their doors. Uh, and she had put these catechisms like all over the doors. And literally I was like one evening, I was getting a kid off the pot and putting another kid to bed. And I said, man, what if we created something like this for the family? And so that was kind of the birth of a bind and impress. So actually bind and impress is post-it notes with God's word on it. And so this is something we enveloped our whole family in Townsend. And so like I'm having them help package and sign cards and I'm paying them at the end of the month. And so we're literally doing this whole quote unquote business together as a family, as a family team, as a unit and asking for the, so you sell, so you guys sell those uh, postcards. So, so they're called, it's called descriptor. So, uh, it's pretty pretty neat deal, a complete God deal, and so we started doing that last month, actually. Um, and so that's been just fantastic and really fun to be able to do with the the family. And um, yeah, love if you check that out. Check, I think we, I think that's how I came across you was on that Instagram. Is how I found you. That's a pretty interesting little business you got there. Yeah, so it's a real practical way for for moms or dads to kind of you know stick it on a lunchbox, a, a helmet, um, just to encourage their kids or teach their kids God's word, right? Whether that's at the dinner table or whatever. Yeah. How are you marketing that? I have it on Instagram. We have a Facebook page. I'm trying to get it on oh. Pinterest. Um, you know, buying ads. I'm really trying to be as wise as possible. I mean, again, this is like you doing the first coffee thing. Like I, I really don't know what I'm doing in a sense, but yeah. I, I, the Lord gave it to me and, you know, we already sold out of our first a thousand. So we just got our second shipment in yesterday. And so oh, shoot, you're doing better than me. <laughs> um, it's been really fun. And so like, right. Part of this, the part of this, uh, next thing is, you know, uh, I'm going to, uh, create a hat that has our logo on it. Like kind of like a manly hat. Um, just to encourage the dad, because this comes out of Deuteronomy 6, 
right? So when you when you get up and you lie down, you should bind it on the door doorpost. You should impress it upon your kids. You should talk about it. like in everything that we do, Townsend, right? Building a bicycle. Like we need to be showing our kids practical ways of the gospel. And so this is like a super practical way to to do that. And so we want to keep finding material or you know, however the Lord wants to give it to us to, to be able to help families do that for God's word to go out in a very practical way. I agree. I, I think that's a great idea. And, 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 and outside of, um, outside of Bible and religion together, you know, teaching kids, I, I feel like it just doesn't happen as much anymore because we kind of, mm-hmm. we put kids in daycare, we put kids in their schools, Church. we put them in their sports programs, we put them in their after school, whatever. Um, you know, we, we, we get weekends together a little bit, but then sports start to take over that ballet recitals start to take over that we get busy. We're going to parties. We're going to this, we're doing that. We got vacation scheduled and life does not get taught. Um, you know, because, because we're moving so fast and, and just the basic things. I mean, there's kids, there's kids that are going off to college and they've never cooked a meal by themselves for, they just don't know how to make food for themselves. They don't know how to do laundry. They have yes. no clue anything about yes. insurance. Yes. They don't know how to change yes. a tire. They don't know that their engine needs oil because my God, that yeah. thing takes gas, not oil. Yeah. So yeah. Or it's, it's electric. It's, right. Um, so there's, there's a lot of just real world skills. Um, you know, that a, we hire out now because I'll, I'll be yeah. honest with you. I mean, I, I've, I haven't changed my oil since I was a teenager. I, I take yeah. it somewhere. Um, sure. And, you know, if I, you know, if, if the car breaks down, I, it gets towed somewhere. Another, I need to put this in there. It's another book. So this book is actually by Jeremy Pryor. So the, the okay. subtitle is, is How Ancient Wisdom Can Heal the Modern Family. The, the book yep. will, it's just, it's crazy. So somewhat up to that, right? Forget, forgotten the importance of these trades. That's necessarily what the book is talking about, but off of your point of what you just said, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not the handiest man. That was never taught to me. My dad wasn't handy, but like, okay, if I want my well, kids to be handy, like, by gosh, I need to figure out how to be handy myself. And the great thing is you can you can figure it out while teaching them. I mean, in today's yes. world, and I mean, YouTube's right at your fingertips. Man. Yes. Even right. if... Even if they know, even if they are watching you read the manual, then tell them what right. it says. Yes. Yeah. That is still right. 10 million times better than never doing it at all. Um, I actually just got to, we were out in Joshua Tree, uh, which is uh, east of here, the desert. Uh, we were boondocking out there, so connected to nothing out in the middle of nowhere. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I was having a little too much fun with the truck, and um, uh, on a turn at too fast of a speed, we hit a rock that had a sharp point and blew out the sidewell of the tire. And so, you know, out in the desert in the middle of nowhere. Is this with the RV or are you just on your truck? No, it was more just, you know, we're kind of four by four in a little bit uh, with the the truck. The RV was out there. Um, I had to walk back to it to get some of my power tools uh, because I have an impact gun, so I'm going to use it. And I got my compressor in the RV, so I'm going to use it. Uh, Uh But yeah, so we got to teach the boys how to to change a tire. Again, something... You know, normally yeah. I would just drop off or call someone to come take care of, but you know, when you're in the middle yeah. of the desert, you have to. Yeah. Uh, but even even if they just, even if you're figuring it out as you go, yeah, that's still an experience with dad. Hundred percent. It, it doesn't matter if you're an expert on it or not. You can both stumble upon it and figure it out together. You can both that's watch right. the YouTube video. That's right. Um, and, and who knows? They and might that's probably one. 
Yeah, true. And that's probably one of the great things about, um, you know, 2021 is, yeah, we move a lot faster. We're in a technology age. Um, so there's not the moments we had 30 years ago with our, with our dad. But now when, you know, when you're curious about how something works or when you want an answer, you know, you don't have to be, you don't just have to say, I don't know anymore. You can pull yeah. out your phone, that's right. sit your kid next to you, and you can look it up. Yeah. And you can watch a video on how an engine actually works, um, yeah. you know, because it, it's a hard thing to explain to a kid, you know, yeah. unless you're a mechanic and maybe right. you can, you, you have a good way. Um, you can figure it out together. How is paper made? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't know. Let's, let's figure it out. Yeah. And it's still an experience with the two of you there. Um, right. and, wow. and I think those things are big and there's, there's so many possible opportunities out there and uh, we just have to be cognizant of that and, and have our priorities set up in a way that, we take advantage of them. My uh, wife has some she writes down there connection over curriculum, right? And so you know this with homeschooling, uh, at least seeing it, right? We we have the opportunity to kind of envelop them into some of these things that you know maybe school didn't happen, but you had a flat tire and they figured out how to change a tire. Like that beats school that day, <laughs> hands down, right? And so like it's those opportunities that we have to 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 give our kids and show them and teach them and so i i, I love that well so th there's a trend out there called unschooling i don't know if you've heard of it yes uh -huh. um oh yeah but which i am i am half and half on that i i'm not a, i'm not really on board with unschooling at all where you just ignore any curriculum and you teach kids through just general life of how sure. to do things um sure uh, i think my, my personal opinion is you should have the curriculum and you should be doing that and right. so the whole unschooling philosophy is that you know we, we don't teach math by learning a workbook. We teach math by going to the grocery store and the kids are going to kind of add up how much things cost and right. how much we have right. and, and what we're going to be able to spend money on. And what's the sales tax of this, you know? Um, yeah. You know, that's, you learn by doing, you learn by living normal life, uh, which, uh, which is amazing, which is great, which you should definitely do, you know, involve your kids in how the world actually yeah. works. Um, right. I, I right. am, however, in favor of a normal curriculum as on top yeah. of that so groceries do actually cost money so we want to surprise them with that when they get out say, say that one more time say gr groceries do cost money we don't want to surprise them with that when they get out into the real world dad paid for these things yeah. mom paid for these things <laughs> yeah yeah well even just you know just budgeting and knowing you know there's, oh, there's yeah. finite resources there's finite dedications and we, we have to work within that we're gonna have to make sacrifices here of well, we can't get that, but we can get this, or this is on sale. So instead of getting, you know, sure. uh, you know, red meat this week, we'll get, we'll get chicken this week or yeah. um, yep. whatever it is. We used to, I mean, we used to, my wife had, you know, I, I never did the grocery shopping uh, other than the occasional errand. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, she used to have to go through at our, at our brokest time to the calculator and she would actually have to add everything mm -hmm. up. The things with yeah. sales tax too, because, you know, we had, you know, however many dollars in an envelope of cash, and that's right. how much we could spend. <laughs> so, yeah. so when you got yeah. to the line, you didn't want to be over. Um, yeah. And Absolutely. so, you know, luckily we don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Man. Well, is there anything that I can do to help you or um, anything you. Yeah. I'd love to get, I'd love to get my hands on that book. Uh, you're talking about that workshop. Um, Which one? Uh, uh, the, the Bible study with your son's one. Yeah. Practice ministry. So I, can you see my private comments I'm making? Yeah. I wasn't pulling them up. I, 
you know, after you said private chat for like the third time, I pulled them up. So I see practiceministries.org, blindandpress.com, familyteams.com, Jeremy Pryor. Okay, cool. And then you see that. The Atlantic. Yeah. So if you just go to the practiceministries.org, you can see, if you go to our lesson library, you can download. Remind, how old is your oldest? I think he's close to, is he eight? Oh, uh, no. We're 10, seven, and four. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you can look at some of the curriculum that we have on there. Ten Commandments is a good one. Genesis, Heroes of the Bible. I think they'd really like Heroes of the Bible. So Heroes of the Bible just takes them through, obviously, just different heroes. And um, it's you can use all of it. You can use portions of it. It's but I, I really think you should check it out for sure for your own family and then and, anyone else. And so practice practice ministries is a nonprofit that's um, creating uh, uh, Bible studies for father sons. Uh, and I assume for other daughters. daughters as well. Yes, correct. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and that is a nonprofit. So I assume you guys make money by uh, soliciting donations. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. It, any any fathers, most of our giving comes from alumni, but any anyone that wants to give, you know, feels like it's impacted their family or the group that they were in or whatever, you know, we I absolutely love that. But we're not going to pressure anyone into that but uh we just want to yeah. encourage dads so but definitely yeah check, it, it, check it, it out that's all that one does that's all practice ministry does right correct that's right mm -hmm. okay uh the the blind and impressed what was that one so bind and press is something our family started like a month ago and that's the okay that's the post-it that notes correct yes got it yeah Okay. And then family family teams is something my wife and I got enveloped into, which part of the mission statement came out of um, learning about coming more in contact with Jeremy and Jeff Ethke and just a lot of like ancient wisdom and a lot of stuff that they're doing um, is really awesome stuff. So cool. Um, how many kids do you have? So I got four kids, two boys, ages? two girls. Yeah, so seven, six, three, and a newborn. Oof. Cranking them out. <laughs> are, you done, are you done at four? Yeah, we're done, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, that, I guess, uh, so you're old, you said your oldest is seven, right? Seven, six, four, and newborn? Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, uh, how old are you? 33. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so my, my, my whole theory growing up was I wanted to have kids young. Um, yeah, so, so, I, I, huh? so I could play with them and I kind of remembered how it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause there's so many things that aggravated me and I didn't want to be that. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. uh, not that having kids older is, is a bad thing. I've, I've certainly met plenty of people who, you know, had a kid when they were, you know, 40 or, or 45 or right. so. And, you know, it, it's a, it's a different life. It's a different perspective. Sure. Um, sure. But still fun regardless. Yeah. But, all right, cool. Uh, so, well, hey, I'm going to stay. Obviously, we're following you guys on Instagram and love what you're doing and continue to obviously pray for you guys. And But if you're ever in the Texas area again or cruising around or if I think of other resources or if I um, – anything yeah, else, absolutely. I'd love to – I'll just probably shoot you an email and say, hey, check this resource out if you're cool with that. Yeah, we, we spent about three months in Texas, so we might be done with Texas for a while. Uh, <laughs> we, we spent – 
we did. spent most of the we spent most of the winter trotting around Texas. Uh, uh, yeah, because we were when we first came down, we were down by I think we did uh, uh, Amarillo first, then jumped over to Oklahoma, then down to south of Dallas and Whitney, and then everything else since then. Um, yeah. Uh, so we're actually we're going up the west coast at this point. Uh, okay. And then awesome. And then I think so back over east. You have it all mapped out. Uh, we have where we've been mapped out. Um, we got a cool little like Indiana Jones style RV that, you know, leaves a red line behind as it makes all the different stops. Uh, oh, cool. And then we've got it mapped out on the side of the rig. And uh, we know for the most part where we're going to be going over the next year. Uh, not necessarily each campground uh, because some of that stuff How? can't book until like 60 days out. Yeah. So it, yeah. It, that kind of stuff varies, but we know we're going up the West Coast. We'll be done with the, we'll be up at the top of Washington by uh, probably midsummer, August, August or so, and then at that point we're going to have to kind of shoot across and get uh, east of the Mississippi and kind of do those Midwestern states of like Iowa, Missouri, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, uh, and then around that time winter will happen. And we'll just stay All up right. in that region until winter forces us south, and that we'll uh, we'll probably flee to Florida January, February, and do all mm -hmm. the Florida parts that we don't know. And then once it thaws out in March, we'll shoot up and do the Northeast, then hang out in the Northeast, and then cut across and do Alaska for the summer. Um, oh, wow. And that, I think that's going to be our last hurrah. I think uh, yeah. that'll be 2022 at that point. And you know, if Canada's open up, we might throw some Canada stops in there. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, that's that's probably when we'll end it, end the tour, and uh, really, really be able to be in one spot and focus on the business. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, blessings to you guys and your car and your RV and your family and all of that. It's, it's you're you're gonna Thank need you. it, right? Uh, we all need <laughs> it. We'll, we'll take all we that. can get. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll. I'll shoot you some emails. Stay in touch, but appreciate what you're doing, Johnson. Your heart and um, blessing to your wife and your kid. And uh, yeah, let me know if you have any questions about the material, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully talk soon. All right, perfect. I appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, absolutely. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.